0: You all could only see Producer Jay right now. I'm telling you, sometimes I don't want to see Producer Jay on the other side of the double pane glass. Somebody just asked me, why do I mention it's double-paned? Well, for a couple of reasons. It's very thick glass, so when I try to throw things at producers, it bounces back toward me. Uh, Also, my studio is theoretically soundproof, and so these are not just window panes. These are thick panes of glass and there are two of them to make sure that we don't get echoes and reverberation and bleeding through from one control room where there may be a particular noise or, or sound going on or audio playing uh, versus what's happening here in the studio. So that's why I mentioned it because they are ceiling to wall thick panes of glass and there are two of them with a buffer in between again uh, meant to help keep this main studio soundproof I don't know why I needed to explain that or why anyone cares if you don't just that's good but at least I was I was able to explain it in a way that is understandable did you Set know that scene. producer Jay Set
1: the scene? I don't know why this double-pane glass though has to have sp- double <laughs> this double-pane glass. Double-pane glass has to have a split down the middle. Why can't it just be one sheet of double-pane glass?
0: Maybe because they couldn't buy a piece of glass that big? Cheap. Well, we knew that. Oh, shoot, <laughs> we're going to get fired both of us. Okay, but I'm the one who delivered the the punchline. Ha, ah, if only could they could upgrade our computers from 1984, I'd be all about it.
1: <laughs> That'd be nice. You know, I'd, I'd take like a 98 at this point. Even an 07 <laughs> would work.
0: Well, you know how you any town these days, you go to their recycle center and they have roomfuls, in some cases, of monitors and old TVs that people don't want anymore because the technology goes so quickly that nobody wants an old desktop or a tube TV or even a TV that's a flat screen, but it's not a smart TV, right? Like the technology is spinning so quickly. No joke. We could probably go to the recycle center in my town and find more recent computers than what we've got here in studio. I'm
1: telling you, the recycle center would not take our stuff. They would be like, oh, no, no, sorry. We don't have any use for that.
0: Clearly. I mean, they're obsolete. The only place they work is here, and that's only hit or miss. Yeah. And we use work lightly. (laughs) But they sometimes turn on. Yeah, we're both getting fired. Uh, If anyone listened, which never mind, no one actually does listen. (laughs) I think we're all right. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, we're going to get back to your responses to our show question tonight. What were the best and brightest moments and memories of baseball in 2022? So find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS. Producer Jay is retweeting. Or he's going to retweet because I'm a nag. <laughs> I was on it. And so he's he's on it. Producer Jay's retweeting. He's got lots of time on his hands back there behind the double pane glass. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We are live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. couple of things. Coming up in 30 minutes, we'll do a pre Pre-week five, it's the Eve Eve of week five in the NFL, and we've got some QB news. I'm sorry, one of the funniest things I've heard all week is Matt Rule saying, I think Baker's our quarterback. I mean, I can't get over it. Just how in the world is that validation? It's not even a vote of confidence. It's hedging his bets.
3: (laughs) I think Baker's our quarterback, you know.
0: And then he goes on to explain why he thinks Baker is the quarterback. Anyway, that's got to be one of the funniest moments from this week. There's another one, by the way, that we are going to label sad sap of the week. This guy, you're not going to believe it. And a video that I spent, oh my gosh, an hour laughing at. My mom sent it to me. My mom's never on YouTube. I have no idea how she found it. Zero. But I just want you to know, we've got, first of all, you do not want to miss our QB news coming up in 30 minutes because Baker Mayfield does respond to the criticism. And then in 15 minutes here on the show, a couple of stories slash videos, and of course we'll share them on our social, but a couple of moments uh, that will make you smile because we all need that. Especially Jay and I, well mostly Jay, when I woke him up with a happy almost Friday and it was not almost Friday. Narrator, it not. it's not almost Friday.
1: it <laughs> hey, got me excited for
0: a second. Yeah, a sorry more. about that. Right. I was like, no! <laughs>
1: but it was too late.
0: It was too late. I already crushed Jay's world and his spirit. That's why whenever we got on the phone, like, after two minutes, not even two minutes of talking to him, Jay, are you in a bad mood? <laughs> you should have said... Yes, because you made me believe it was Friday.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I lied, though. I think I was just like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you lie? Well, I could just be like, ah, I'm all right. It's I'm all not right. Shake work. it off. No eh.
0: way. I know you better than that. Stare at you for a year now on right. the other side of the double
1: glass. Sorry about that. <laughs> <It's>
0: not... <laughs> you get that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> you get stop hell. it. Okay, stop it. Anyway. I'm in a great mood, even though it's not almost Friday, but we are getting closer to Friday. And part of it has to do with the 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 uh, funny video that my mom sent me that just made me I laugh so hard. I cried multiple times, even though I knew what was coming. So we'll share it. I'll describe it. Also, I did something uber brave on Wednesday, something I've never done before. I will admit I was scared, but I did it anyway because I needed some relief. I needed some help with some pain I was experiencing and I didn't know what else to do. And someone recommended acupuncture to me. So I actually went to an acupuncture appointment. It was very strange. And yet I'm so proud of myself for being brave. So lots of little goodies to drop in as we round into a Thursday morning here on after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS sports radio. Uh, many of you are pointing to Albert Pujols and Aaron judge as two of the top storylines, the the best and brightest memories and moments of 2022. Of course, we've seen Mariners making the playoffs, the Orioles with the return to the land of the living. <laughs> they've, they've been lagging behind for quite a while. Um, and so we we are glad to welcome in some fresh blood, even though they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, they were in that race all the way through. And when they got above 500, it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, as Willie points out on our Facebook page, Cleveland, San Diego, and Baltimore all have great stories in 2022. Um, and so there's a lot of fans weighing in from around the country and north of the border. Uh, so thank you for that again on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, we're, We're so glad to have you excited about the baseball postseason just like we are. However, I want to make sure, because this is important, not just important to me, but also important when we think about women's sports and youth sports, so young girls and young women who are getting into sports. I talked about this. I think it was earlier this week, right, Producer Jay? It was earlier this week when the U.S. Soccer Federation and an independent investigation jointly announced the findings and released an extensive report about what has been rampant sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse taking place In the NWSL, which is women's pro soccer here in the United States. It's a culture of abuse. Just the way that it was in gymnastics at the USA level, Team USA. You want to talk about the best and the brightest? Some of these young girls and young women, as we now know, were subjected to abuse of all forms. And it took one young woman coming forward, one brave young woman coming forward, and then another, and then another, and another, until there were dozens of dozens, over 100, between Michigan State and USA Gymnastics. They became bold in telling their stories. And that's how the culture began to change people were exposed at the highest levels of the sport and those people in some cases were charged with crimes and were put in jail in other cases lost their positions of power and their authority that that they had used and abused against young girls and women some of the most vulnerable of our society young girls young boys They should not be subjected to abuse, nor should adults in the name of sport. And yet we've found out that that is absolutely the case in women's soccer. It wasn't that long ago that we had the chance to connect with Becky Sauerbrunn, who's the captain of USA Women's Soccer. And she was in Mexico with the team, and they were qualifying for the World Cup. But it came on the heels of the U.S. women's national team receiving equal pay and equal resources from U.S. soccer after what had been a years-long fight. And there was some jubilation in that, but also some disgust and some frustration that it took so long. And now here we are months later, and this report has come out detailing heartbreaking, disturbing abuse in many of the clubs in this Women's Pro Soccer League, the NWSL. And yet again, you've got some of the most recognizable names in the sport who are having to campaign for change, who are having to put their voices and their power behind it. Not to mention their athletes as well. And they're part of this culture and they've lived through it. We've already seen multiple managers step away from their teams as this investigation goes on. Other managers and officials have lost their jobs. We're not talking about one team, one club. We're talking about verbal and emotional abuse and sexual misconduct that has become systemic. That's the word used in the report. And I mentioned to you earlier in the week that I wouldn't go into the sick details because it's it's difficult. And if you want to know them, they're in multiple articles that you can find online. But we're not talking about a manager yelling at a player. That's That's not abuse. We're talking about using power and authority to make them feel small to threaten them with any retaliation if they would speak up to treat them as lesser people essentially to control them and that type of a culture as someone who went through a lot of discrimination and, a, and sexual harassment earlier in my career it's demoralizing. When you show up to work, you're not at your best. You're always looking over your shoulder. You're afraid to speak out or trust people. You don't know who is going to turn against you. When you have people telling you, you better keep quiet or you're the one who's going to lose your job. I mean, all of that is so dejecting and so discouraging and depressing. And here are these young women who are supposed to be thriving at the highest level and performing at their best to represent Team USA and their professional squads. And yet they're having to stuff all those emotions and all that abuse down and somehow play despite that. And so it's disheartening to know that it is still happening. And once again, proud of these women who found strength in numbers to come forward and expose what is not only rampant abuse, but criminal behavior in some cases. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I bring up Becky Sauerbrunn uh, because she's been very vocal about the fights that, that women's soccer has engaged in over the course of the last few years. We had her on the show just a couple months ago, and now she's addressing
2: this report about women's pro soccer we really want to thank the players both named and unnamed that came forward and shared their stories and what quite possibly could be the worst moments of their careers and very easily their lives and we also want to thank the other individuals that came forward to participate in the investigation that shed more light on the course of and abusive nature and culture of the nwsl and because i imagine we'll get this question eventually Um, The players are not doing well. We are horrified and heartbroken and frustrated and exhausted and really, really angry. We are angry that it took a third-party investigation. We are angry that it took an article in The Athletic and The Washington Post and numerous others. We're angry that it took over 200 people sharing their trauma to get to this point right now.
0: Not only is Becky a longtime member and captain of U.S. women's soccer, but she is a member of the Portland Thorns. So when she says we, she's not referring to the entire sorority that is women's soccer and and pro soccer in the United States. No, she's a member of the Portland Thorns. Portland is one of... The, the clubs that's already seen coaches and managers and officials leave the team or get fired or step down. Portland is one of the teams that's been named over and over in this report. And so when she says we are exhausted and upset and angry and not doing well, she's referring to her team and her, her squad. These are her teammates that she is constantly with.
2: We are angry that it took Mana and Sinead and Aaron and Kaya and Alex and Kristen and Sam to repeatedly ask people in authority to take their abuse and their concerns seriously. And I think for so long, this has always fallen on the player to demand change. And that is because the people in authority and decision making positions have repeatedly failed to protect us and they have failed to hold themselves and each other accountable and what and who are you actually protecting and what values are you upholding, you have failed in your stewardship. And it's my opinion that every owner and executive and US soccer official who has repeatedly failed the players and failed to protect the players who have hidden behind legalities and have not participated fully in these investigations should be gone. And at the bare minimum, the recommendations that are in the sally Yates report should be immediately implemented by u.s soccer and by the league it shouldn't be on us any longer we deserve an environment where we get to go out and play and enjoy doing what we do and we deserve to be in an environment that's safe and you know protects that joy uh, and i think becky all the players at portland all the players in this league deserve that and so we hope moving forward Um, As was addressed, the league takes the proper steps and and everyone involved takes the proper steps to, to remedy these issues. I think we're really only in the infancy stages of remedying the problems that have been addressed. We have these recommendations now and we have to move forward with them. It's on the league, it's on the teams, it's on everyone involved to make sure that those are implemented.
0: You hear Alana Cook on the heels of Becky Sauerbrunn. And again, Portland is one of those places where the offenses have been egregious and just so you know they have tried to speak up there have been members of this organization and other clubs around the the NWSL who reported the abuse do you know that the thorns owner and former gm are they are included in the report because they covered up the abuse that was happening under their former coach, so there were women who did speak up, and it went nowhere, and they were silenced. They put their careers at risk, they put their well-being at risk, and still it went nowhere. And again, as someone who's experienced that, trying to speak up to a manager and being told, "You better keep your mouth shut. You're you're going to lose your job," I understand it's. It takes boldness and bravery just to speak. And then when you do and you're squashed or you're ignored or you're treated as insignificant, it's even more demoralizing. These are some of the best athletes in the world, and they've been subjected to this. And so I appreciate, once again, these women speaking up and coming forward. It shouldn't have taken hundreds of them to do it. And I'll go back to USA Gymnastics. The number of athletes who are willing, athletes and former athletes who are willing to come forward, has opened up this avenue where more women are going to refuse to stay quiet in the future. And that's so important. So important. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio, on our Facebook page too. We're so glad to have you along with us. It's. Not almost Friday, but it is almost Thursday. And many of you, it is now your early Thursday morning. In tough weeks, in tough moments, dog videos can very often make me laugh. Well, my mom sent me one. Don't ask me how she found it. She's never on YouTube. I laugh so hard. I cried. I still haven't even shown producer Jay, which I need to do because I told him he would laugh too, especially since he was a little bit cranky on Wednesday. So we're going to share it with you on our Twitter and hopefully our Facebook page too, because I want you to get the same joy out of it. Also, the sad sap of the week it will be revealed. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours podcast. <laughs> Having a bad week? I bad decisions. I immediately regret this decision. Bad calls. You called me. I was illu- I was illusional. Bad bounces. Oh no. Bad luck. No! It definitely could be worse. Laugh it off with us <laughs> and the after-hours sad sap of the
0: week. And here comes a stoppage in play because someone has run on
3: the
1: field with a smoke bomb that is pink, and he's running up the sideline. Now a couple of rams come over there and make the tackle Head first. And he's in a cloud of pink smoke, so you can't see him. And now on him are a
0: couple of security guards. That guy is headed to the slammer, and it will not be a good night. I love Kevin Harlan. We love Kevin Harlan. That's actually a fairly toned down play-by-play of what he normally does when streakers get out on the field. My point in using that memory from Westwood One and Monday Night Football is that the fan who ran onto the field got flattened by Bobby Wagner. The guy is drunk! Remember, there were tons of tweets and social media responses to the tackle by Bobby Wagner against this Dodo who was out on the field, some protest or another, with pink smoke. We've seen it before in pro sports. And so Bobby Wagner knocks him to the ground in order that authorities can get to him.
3: That guy's a bozo.
0: Listen to this. That was actually Kyle Shanahan. Listen to this. The fan is now filing a police report against Bobby Wagner. Are you kidding me? You must be joking. You trespass, disturb a nationally televised game. Get out of here. You have pink smoke all over you so you can protest something or other. You're on a field. Where you're not supposed to be, and you had to be escorted off in cuffs because you are violating a myriad of crimes, and yet you think Bobby Wagner should have been more careful. He laid him out. He laid you out. I'm going to kill him. (laughs) Somehow, that's assault and battery in the eyes of this whacked out protester. So, yes, Santa Clara Clara Police have confirmed the police report was filed Tuesday. (laughs) It's an active investigation, so the information will be limited. TMZ Sports has all of the details. I don't actually care about the details. If you want to protest, do it where it's legal. It's not legal for you to be protesting in the middle of an NFL field on a Monday night. You are trespassing. Just like you go into someone's home and attempt to rob them. They can use whatever means necessary to defend their property. Bobby Wagner was using his tools and his talents to defend the field. And who knows if that guy wasn't headed straight for some of his teammates. I say big hit. And I say sad sap. Dummy. That too. Actually got his feelings hurt. Oh, sad sap of the week. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, a lot of what we talk about here on the show is sports-related, sports dominant. But if you listen to the show, you know we definitely get outside uh, the we we color outside the lines. We get outside of the world of sports, and I tell people all the time, it's because I'm not one-dimensional. You're not one-dimensional. You don't only watch sports and think about sports your entire life, 24-7. Neither do we. And so if what you want is is only sports, there are plenty of outlets where you can get it. We are more of a full-service operation here. Um, although it's really difficult to be a full-service operation when you're watching MLB Network and then someone else in the building changes it to a Spanish-language channel and covers up my MLB Network. Anyway. It's fine. I'm breathing over it. Someone else in the building comes in every single weekday morning and changes one of our channels to Noticia's which is news in Espanol.
1: No one in this building right now is speaking Spanish, so... Not just that, but
0: <laughs> you can't watch it when you're in the middle of doing something else, prepping for your show, so why are you screwing with my channels?
1: I guess it's a comfort thing for them. Can you I change it back?
0: Let's screw with them. It's like when you're... So let's say someone's coming in a garage and someone's already in the house and the person turns on the light in the garage and the person inside the house turns it off, not realizing it. Can we we'll play war. tug of war? Got yeah, right. a little channel tug of war because I'm getting nothing out of Noticias. I... Anyway, so going back going back to uh, full service and the fact that we talk about music, we talk about food, we talk about holidays, we talk about travel, we talk about our families. I make fun of producer Jay. This is what we do here on the show. We also talk about dogs a lot because dogs make us laugh. Penny hates the water, but there are a lot of dogs who love the water and my mom sent me this video of a pit bull who refuses to get out of the pool. It's it's just an account that has not even 300 subscribers. We're just talking about a local, like somebody's family account, but it's been seen by nearly 285,000 people. Actually, Not quite that many because I've watched it multiple times. Producer Jay is in there watching it right now. This pit bull is crazy about the pool. And his owner is in the pool with him. His name is Bryant. His owner is in the pool with him trying to lift him out. But he refuses. So the second that his owner loosens his grip, the dog goes diving right back into the pool and will not get out. And then the best part is he's splashing around like he's... Either a second grader or Jay says he looks like a dolphin. Looks like Flipper. He's like on Sea World. The dog is in there splashing around. He's drinking the water. He's spitting it out like a child. He's flapping his paws. He's actually standing up like a squirrel on his back legs in the pool. And then he knows when his owner slash dad comes near him, he starts barking. at them. <laughs> It's so funny. The dog goes ballistic every time his owner gets near him because he knows the owner's about to try to get him out of the pool. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway. <laughs> so the, the best part is the the wife of the family is filming and laughing her rear end off while her husband is attempting to get their big dog out of the
1: pool. <laughs> That's a big dog. I wouldn't want that job. I'll take, give
0: me the camera. Oh, he's so, so cute and he's so happy in the water, but not even tempting him with dinner can get him out of the pool. He just wants to swim. And so f- <laughs> they finally gave up and they stopped filming, but it is. What is it, two and a half minutes or so? Yeah, two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes of pure mirth and joy and and just laughter. Maybe some of you have a dog that loves the water. I do have friends with dogs who would ad- adore chasing a stick into the surf or playing in the water. I know Producer Jay's dog loves his kiddie pool and also <laughs> loves to stare at the fish in the pond. That is accurate. But Penny wants nothing to do with the water, although it's... Was- not really anything we could do about it when we got caught in a downpour on Wednesday morning. Oh, gosh. Anyway, here's my only qualm. So, Producer Jay, you make the call. So, that way, if we if we get fired, I'm not getting fired alone. I'm, I'm just teasing. There are a couple of swear words. It, they're not loud. It's not like the guy's screaming the F-bomb. But there's a muffled F-bomb on the video. So, I didn't share it because I was worried that people would get offended. Do you think it's... It's okay, or?
1: I think it's okay. You can just, it's mostly fun. I mean, there's nothing really malicious about the video. You could put a little asterisk with a, and what's the acronym? Not safe for, not suitable for work or something like that if you want to just be really safe, but.
0: And here we are watching it at work. Well, yeah. I mean, you use worse (laughs) words than that, so.
1: I have, I have.
0: Anyway, let's share from our show Twitter account, After Hours CBS, because it is guaranteed to make you laugh. If you have a heart and you have a pulse, it is guaranteed to make you laugh. Brian will not get out of the pool. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm thinking we can share it on Facebook too, actually. Uh, we should be able to do it on both. So for either one of those uh, accounts, if you need a smile this morning or at any point on your Thursday, I'm telling you this will do the trick. Again, keeping in mind that my mom is the one who sent it to me. My mom has no idea how to find anything on YouTube, so I don't know how she did this, but she sent it to me, and then she left her phone at home, so she actually told her husband to send me the link and tell me it was from her. That's my mom. She doesn't know YouTube. She forgets her phone all the time, but she was determined to send me this video.
1: It's, it's <laughs> worth it. That was a good If that's the one video she sends you, you know, in a year, it was a good one.
0: So, yes, check it out. Uh, plus, we're laughing at the sad sap of the week because he actually thinks that he should file a police report after he was the one who was breaking multiple laws and Bobby Wagner flattened him. I feel like uh, he's lucky it's only Bobby Wagner that flattened him, for heaven's sakes what were the best and brightest moments of baseball in 2022 we're asking you to find us on either twitter or facebook Uh, lots of other goodies there now straight ahead a preview to the preview of week five in the nfl courtesy of qbs
1: you are listening to the after hours podcast hurry back to throw
0: and it is
1: Under center, steps back, throws the fade. Cooper cuts, got it! Touchdown, LA! Burrow back to throw, looking, firing deep Go. for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yes. got it! Yes! Touchdown! Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone caught! Touchdown! Kansas City. And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it end zone. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours.
0: It is the eve, eve of week five in the NFL. And, of course, we've got Major League Baseball postseason complicating matters this weekend You tell me, do you have enough room in your life for all of the drama in October? I rarely do. (laughs) But we're going to set you up for week five with a little bit of a preview through the eyes of quarterbacks because we're obsessed. Do we remember what Matt Rule says about Baker Mayfield as his starter? I think Baker's our starter. He actually said, I think Baker is our starter. Uh, That's not a resounding vote of confidence. I think
3: Baker's our quarterback.
0: Exactly. So, what is the response from Baker Mayfield Hello. about the criticism he's received for the Panthers' one and three start and abysmal offense that may be putting it nicely? Hey.
4: Completely fair. Um, I'll take that any any day of the week. You know, we just we just have to be better. You know, I I've said before. You know, I pride myself on being a guy that elevates the guys around him and being able to. Uh, lead at an extremely high level and obviously that has not happened yet so um i'm working really hard on that and uh you know it starts with me just doing my job the very best i can and then going from there so um yeah i'll take a lot of blame for that and then i consistently will
0: right now his completion rate is 54.7 percent. also he's had a ton of balls batted down at the line of scrimmage and people attribute that to his height. But it's more than that because there are other quarterbacks in the NFL who are shorter, who are not seeing the number of balls batted down that he is so far this season. Right now, his quarterback rating is 75. And so in almost every category, career lows. Most importantly, the Carolina Panthers offense is scuffling, and they are now 1-3. and three. So let's go. How do you fix it? All right.
4: Nobody's happy where we're at. Just plain and simple. Um, But it's can either harp on it or or look at the tape, fix it and and get better from it. So we just we just overall have to be better. You know, it's consistently after looking at the tape. We just have to do our job better at at a higher level. It's time for our offense to actually uh, play well. And instead of just relying on our defense and special teams to save us and bail us out, we have to play well. We have to execute. So handling the next punch is how I'd say adversity goes for me. You know, Things are going to happen. Some things within a game you can't control, but some things and a lot that uh, we've hurt ourselves we can control.
0: He goes on to say, I've been here before, referring to his walk-on days at Texas Tech and his college career finishes with the Heisman at Oklahoma and being the number one overall pick to the Browns. Quote, I'm pretty comfortable in this position, but right now the Panthers are the NFL's worst ranked offense. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. A quadruple header Sunday week five begins with London. Aaron Rodgers has been floating this idea out there of potentially teaming up with Odell Beckham Jr. And remember Odell has kind of been making the rounds. He's... Started in LA. He even made a visit to the Giants facility this week, though apparently it was just about visiting someone, not about an official visit. Uh, he's been all over the place, surfacing here and there. And on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, Rogers actually spoke about OBJ. Hey.
3: Well, Dale and I have been friends for a number of years now. And so we keep in, in contact, uh, you know, often. We talked uh, at you know, various times over the years. And Obviously, with a player like that, you're always uh, hoping that there's a, a time where you can figure things out and play together. But Here we go. Um, but he's a special <laughs> talent, go. and I was really happy for him last year and see how they used him in L.A. and for him to get a ring. And obviously, he was dominating the game uh, to start that game uh, until the injury.
0: There will be no OBJ in London in a Packers uniform, but uh, the, the hope is still there for a lot of different clubs. Packers-
1: Too many letters
0: hosting the Giants. Will they have Daniel Jones when they get to London to take on the Green Bay Packers?
3: He'll practice some. We'll see where he's at. Um, I think he's made a lot of progress uh, since after the game and um, he's been in the treatment room for, you know, pretty consistently throughout these last couple days. So, um, you know, we'll put him out there, give him some reps and see where he's at
0: sounds like he's still day by day or day to day as most coaches would say it but trying to get him ready for that start in week five despite the tweaked ankle Let's day sh- by day. <laughs> shifting our attention to a rookie who will get his first start for the Pittsburgh Steelers Kenny Pickett replaces Mitch Trubisky so far though has got all the right words to say about that relationship all right
3: Mitch is one of the best teammates I've I've been able to come across. I'm extremely grateful to have him in this room. Um, I supported him a ton when he was in there, and he's done the same for me. Um, That'll continue, and uh, we're definitely great friends on the field, off the field. Um, So definitely someone I'm going to lean on throughout this whole experience, and he's been nothing uh, but great to me.
0: It's one thing to come in at halftime and replace a starter that nobody really wants on the field and have the raucous cheers of Steelers fans serenading you from up top. But it's entirely another to go into Orchard Park and take on a Bills defense that has Vaughn Miller, who likes to eat quarterbacks for lunch. Uh, this is his first start in the NFL. So, welcome to it, rookie. All right.
3: You guys, everyone else thinks we're underdogs, but we don't. So, you know, we're going to go in there with some confidence. Um, We know how great we can be when we're detailed and we execute at a high level. So that's something that we need to take care of, you know, during the week or we won't have a shot. So it's it's the details. It's the little things. Um, You know, guys run at the right depth. Um, i got to be on time, give a great ball. Um, You know, they'll make the plays. The line will protect. They've been doing an unbelievable job all year. Um, So I have a ton of confidence in those guys. So it's really everyone doing their 111, and, uh, you know, we'll be okay.
0: Steelers are one and three. The Bills are three and one. And Josh Allen says, "Hey, we're not going to take them lightly. Don't be fooled." All right.
4: Pittsburgh, you know, obviously their record doesn't dictate how good of a team they are. Um, they had some some ball hawks in the secondary and defense up front. They're stout. I you know, they're missing they're missing a, a major piece, but they're still being very productive. Um, they're getting to the quarterback, forcing a lot of turnovers. So we got to be on top of our game, uh, making sure that you know we're Sticking to our base rules and trying to put our best foot forward, um, obviously in protection and in our game plan, whether it's running or passing the ball, we got to go out there and execute and, and try to try to win a football game.
0: The Baltimore Ravens are home this weekend, which actually may not be a good thing, and it's Sunday Night Football under the lights against the Cincinnati Bengals. So in the AFC North, the last two games at home, Lamar Jackson's Ravens have coughed up two really sizable leads in the fourth quarter. All right.
4: we we need to get our first victory at home you know we we took two l's at home that that's really that's something rare that really happens here um but but i know the stadium gonna be rocking you know the bank gonna be rocking i know i know the fans looking forward to us getting back on the right track and so am i
0: i believe that the ravens like every other team in the afc north uh, still have a real good chance to not only win the division but turn things around they're at two and two Bengals. And Browns have the same record. Steelers are the only one in that division that are at one and three. And honestly, if you look at the AFC right now, it's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) The Dolphins and the Bills are three and one along with the Chiefs. That's it. Those are the best records in the AFC. Then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. Half of the AFC is two and two. Okay, the conference is thick around the middle. And only a game back of that. The Patriots, the Steelers, the Vegas Raiders are 1-3. Colts have a tie in there, so I guess technically their percentage point's better. Oh my gosh, it's we knew it was going to be a crazy year in the AFC. It is definitely heading that direction. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.